going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast. It is not SIDcast. SIDcast. And you can pronounce that out loud to yourself. You do you. I don't care. That's one of my pet peeves. Don't call it SIDcast. So, uh, anyway, welcome to episode 49. I know uh, we kind of went dark there for a little while after the uh, 7 and 7 series came out. Uh, taking the last week off, but we are back this week. I did take about a 45-minute to an hour drive uh, down to Owensboro, Kentucky. It's not that far away from from me uh, to visit uh, a guy that uh, I respect and a guy that I met uh, at Cosida uh, last summer, uh, Ken Badalak. Uh He used to work at St. Joseph's College, which closed, if you don't know anything about uh, Division II athletics right now. It did close, so we did talk about that for a little bit and his kind of initial reaction when he got he knows the exact date because uh, he said that his life changed forever the exact date that he got the email uh, of when they announced that they were temporarily suspending operations and we were able to talk about that I know some of you guys uh, saw Ken speak a little bit at Cosida about um, time management skills and what it means to kind of take some time off and we'll touch Based on that for just a split second, I believe, before we get into some fun questions and some fun stuff at the end, uh, you guys you guys know the drill. So if you haven't followed us already, uh, you can do that on social media using at SportsInfoCast because SIDCast is already taken until I get the trademark. So um, whoever the heck SIDCast is out there, uh, you're not going to have it for very much longer. So um, anyway, you, you can always email me anytime, SID, SportsInfoCast, not SIDCast. I'm losing it tonight. Sportsinfocast at gmail.com is our email address. If you have any questions there, I'm not taking any more um, volunteering. I'm going to start getting to some people that uh, I feel like should be on the show. And um, I'm going to start scheduling people a little bit further out, too. Usually I schedule guests about three, two, three weeks out. I'm going to start doing that about uh, five to six weeks out just to kind of get a, a basis and try and get kind of an idea and a picture of the future of, of what we're trying to do. So, Usually try and reach out to a new person every week, and and that's just the way it's going to go. So, um, if you've listened to our seven and seven series, perfect. If you haven't, I highly encourage it uh, to go back and listen to some of the uh, Hoosier State's greatest SIDs out there. Uh, they we had a lot of fun personally, and I think uh, that uh, campaign was received very well. And I would like to say a special congratulations to our three winners of our T-shirt, Michael Martineau uh, from uh, New Hampshire Tech, and then. Um, Kyler Ludlow from Eastern Michigan. Sorry, I had to space out there for a second. And then finally, uh, Sean Stevenson, who just took a job at Georgia. That's right, UGA. Uh, somebody from UGA is actually listening to the show. So you know what that means. You should too. So if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Uh, it just takes a second to rate and review. And that, that goes a long way in terms of iTunes' algorithm. So this is a really long one today, guys. I wanted to do something special, plus Ken and I just had a lot of fun talking together. So this one's about, about an hour and ten minutes long. It's uh, the longest I've ever done an episode, especially with this uh, intro here. So um, we will first start off today, episode 49, with Ken Badalek of Kentucky Wesleyan College and his very taste of sports information right here on SIDcast. Yeah, when I got to St. Joe, I went to junior college first and didn't necessarily know anything about it. And then it came to be like a career path. And I remember meeting with uh, our athletic director at St. Joe when I was a student to think about, you know, which ways, which directions to get into college athletics. And he said the fastest way to get into athletics is either no rules 
or no sports information because those jobs open up quite frequently year in and year out and he's it's still true today so then I got in indoctrinated into sports information and how things would operate we always knew who our sports information director was at St. Joe's Clark Tusher but we didn't exactly know what he did until you actually educate yourself on what this profession is all about and that's when you you hear the first word um, uttered stat crew and now it's it's a part of life yeah, so um, you got to St. Joe. I mean, what did you think? Why St. Joe? What did you think of St. Joe when you got there? I mean, because I visited Rensselaer, and I kind of talked to you about that a little mm-hmm. bit. What did you think of St. Joe when you first got there? Well, when I was, I was I went to Ancilla Junior College in uh, Donaldson, Indiana, outside of Plymouth, and I, went, I wanted to primarily play golf. And the thing with that conference is you played six, count four scores. And it was a good opportunity for me. Um, I was in JUCO National Honor Society, um, which I don't like to brag about because I don't know how hard or easy that is, <laughs> uh, depending on the institution. So I went to St. Joe. Uh, I w- had two places I wanted to be, and uh, one was kind of education-based, which was St. Joe. The other was education with some athletic base to it, and that was Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, Flagler did not have room for me until January. I was deferred enrollment until January. Um, St. Joe did. Um, I didn't want to take a semester off. The opportunity for me to at least get on the golf team was higher at St. Joe, being in the Midwest. It was 45 minutes from my hometown in northwest Indiana, so that was uh, that was it. I had a couple friends that were there that kind of sold me on the whole the whole uh, lifestyle of the, this rural community, um, based in in a town of 6,000 people and what life is like uh, or going to be like when you get there. And how did you kind of like get intertwined with the athletic life there at St. Joe with Clark? I mean, did you, did you approach him? Did he approach you? I mean, what, what was that whole process like during that time in your life? I mean, I didn't really know. Uh, I didn't really talk to Clark until I got the job at St. Joe years later. Um, you figured out what he did. I was involved with student radio and student newspaper at the time. Um, as a student, uh, I was a sideline reporter. Uh, I did a color commentated basketball games, sideline reported uh, men's games. I was color for women and sideline for men. Did football games, um, and then wrote for the school paper. Um, and that was Tim Lester, who's the head coach at Western Michigan now. I used to call Tuesdays with Tim um, every Tuesday morning. Uh, I would go into his office after class, and he would just get done scripting his first fifteen plays. And we would talk about the last week and the week coming up, and I would write my article about it, and I'd find really good content. And he was completely gracious with his time and spending close to 30 minutes to an hour with, with some dorky kid um, <laughs> trying, to, trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. But it was fun, and he, was, I mean, he would even draw plays on the board you know, and show you, hey, this is what this one we call this play, this is how it's going to look. And the idea, and and you, I understood a lot more about football that way too. So, how did you get kind of the head job at St. Joe, and what was it like, kind of being able to work at your alma mater? Uh, luck uh, had a lot to do with it. Um, the, to answer that that first part, uh, it's um, I was uh, worked on the Duramed Futures Tour out of college. It's now the Symmetra Tour, um, owned by the LPGA. Um, and I had a great time there. Family circumstances brought me home for about 18 months, uh, tending to a number of family um, uh, ongoing situations. And this job came open. The golf coach, women's golf coaching job, actually came open. 
And the athletic director, who I still had a relationship with, um, said, I think you'd be good at this. I would like you to apply. So I, I was going to submit my stuff to be the women's golf coach there. And then um, at that time, right around that time in the middle of summer, the sports information director, Clark Tusher, um, was going to North Central. And then it was um, my golf coach said, I think you'd be good for this too. So I submitted a resume materials for that job. Um, and um, I know the other candidate was Luke Rennie at Missouri S&T because we've talked about it being in the same <laughs> league and, uh, and different things. And um, Bill Mossels, who who is the athletic director, on every hire he goes to the grotto and he prays and, um, they, uh, and he gets his direction from there. So um, obviously I was the phone call at that point. Um, and I took the job, and ironically, that afternoon I got offered another job that I wasn't even looking for. Um, but I, I, I stayed with uh, my commitment to St. Joe and, um, and was happy to kind of be there. And to work for your alma mater, I mean, you, you kind of have a grand ideas. You yeah. kind of, uh, especially when, you, when you're going to coach too, you're like, man, I'm going to bring the first conference title in women's golf here and you're going to be the next legendary I don't know if you can name any legendary women's golf coaches um, <laughs> off the top of your head you probably have to do a little research um, so you, you have those kind of grand ideas and then the perception and how things work and then you actually get involved with it and you, and you have to um, figure it out um, kind of like anything in a new job and a new career being a student I, you had to figure it out. I knew I couldn't be the same student I was at Ancilla at St. Joe because the effort I put in at Ancilla was not getting me the same grades at St. Joe. It was a little bit more intensive, and you had to, you had to fi figure out that way, that you best way to absorb that information. Um, but it was a complete honor. Um, I was uh, the longest-sitting women's golf coach in school history um, had the school not closed. I would have been the um, I probably would have been the longest standing men's golf coach as well. I was approaching that one. Um, sports information would have taken me another twenty years. I don't know if I could have lasted that long <laughs> uh, doing this all three jobs by myself. But uh, it was it was a quite a great experience, and to kind of see um, your alma mater achieve stuff, uh, you know, win a regional uh, here in Owensboro. I remember in twenty ten softball team um, won a regional at uh, Highland Heights. Uh, they beat Northern Kentucky and went to the College World Series to see our baseball team and the amount of big wins they had over the years. It's it's a little bit more special, gratifying, that you're like, you know, this was all part of the history of St. Joe I was I was a part of, either as a student or as as an administrator observing it and covering it and, and I can recount various things from all those years um, vividly like they just happened yesterday. Uh, in the beginning, how did you kind of balance out, like you said, you're, you technically have three jobs. How did you balance all three of those jobs in the beginning? Well, in the beginning I had two. I was a women's golf coach and sports information director. And then I assumed the men's job. I was basically the coach in waiting that first year. Okay. So I was recruiting, but I wasn't traveling and running practices and things like that. Um, it took a long time, um, a, a, a lot of late nights, to try and organize my day. And once I did that, um, I found time for myself, I found time for the job, um, and I found time for practice and golf. And that's what, uh, that, that structure, and it, everybody's different. You know, certain things came out, 
certain days when Clark was there. They came out on different days when I was there. And you get people like, why isn't this coming out on Monday? Clark would always have it on a Monday. It's like, well, I'm on the road Sunday, and I don't want to write it on Sunday night. So it's going to come out Tuesday morning. So it's just, for me, you know, it made perfect sense. But for other people, it was a kind of frustrating type of thing. And in Division Two, David, you're going to need to understand, if you don't know already, for the people that you work for, um, if you're organized, you're you're above half. You're in the top half of, of this league already. You're better than half the people out there. Um, if you can certainly organize and structure, you're going to get a leg up on anything. Um, it's, and that's very true in Division Two. Diane Stevenson, who was our softball coach, I think said it the best way. Um, if you're in Division Two, you got to have a hat rack in your office because you're going to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, and and that's the same for me. Um, and then to kind of the travel was kind of the toughest part. Um, and then it became, how do I train student workers? How do I find reliable student workers? Can I trust student workers? And then uh, rely on our colleagues to, uh, to help out and fill the gaps if need be. And over the years, it was it's just a matter of communication. We're communication professionals, so it's like, hey, we got tennis, baseball, softball, and track all going on today. I'm going to be at one of them. I'm going to have a student worker over here. I'm going to get results later on this. And you're you're going to hear from me, but just give me time, you know, give me time, and they'll circulate. And people understand that a lot, uh, a lot better than just ignoring them. So if you get out on the front end and you just communicate, then things good things will end up happening. Okay, so uh, what kind of going back to what you just said, and then you, we can elaborate on this a little bit more if you want to. But you know, you you like you said, some people are a little bit frustrated with you. Maybe there are some people out there right now who they just took a new job and mm -hmm. people are a little bit frustrated with them and their time schedule and their time demands. I mean, because everybody deals with all this differently. So what would you say to those people? Is it just that open line of communication like you said or is there a little bit more to it to help kind of alleviate that kind of frustration or stress? Um, I think it, it it's a very good question and there's no right answer. It's, it's a figuring out who you're working for. Um, in both places, Bill Mossel's at St. Joe, and Rob Mallory here at Wesleyan, um, I feel very comfortable with my oversight. Um, and when I was at St. Joe, uh, it, we would, uh, I say we, it was usually as assistant track coach or business manager, our baseball coach, myself. Sometimes when Diane was there, she would pop in. Um, Brittany Cherwinka was our softball coach there towards the end, Amanda Reese. And it, it was a cluster of coaches in his office every morning uh, having coffee and telling everybody how great they are and solving the world's problems. Um, and that communication kind of, it gives you a comforting level. And I think I was telling you on my way over um, to lunch, the two best things I think I can and relate to Liz Wasinga, who works down the hall as director of communications, is one, don't be afraid to go in the boss's office and just... Maybe just to have a five-minute conversation with them. Uh, and two, always eat lunch in the cafeteria. You get, they're going to benefit your career way far, further down the line. But to kind of answer your question here, I, I felt comfortable enough, especially here, um, I feel comfortable enough to go in and talk to, to Mr. Mallory. And um, we're not necessarily talking about our job or the job that has to be done, but we're talking about Notre Dame football or... Um, some various other sports or um, golf in general, fundraising, business, yeah. um, just da daily current events, um, philosophies. Like the whole big thing was, 
you know, when Wisconsin Park Sign announces they're they're leaving the GLVC, and um, all of a sudden he's he's his head pops in my door. And it's like, hey, Park Sign just announced, and or, or you know the stuff we've been following over with Quincy and Marty Bell, and, you know, stepping down as the basketball coach, and um, you know different type of stuff. Like we're, I'm ingrained in D two. Um, I think that helps you kind of portray to your superior a little bit a sense that you actually care about the institution. Mm -hmm. Um, We get into a habit, and it's not necessarily a good habit, of protecting our own, protecting what's ours, and we have maybe adversarial relationships with coaches or other people on campus. And I've had my fair share. It's easier to get along with people. Obviously, it doesn't help. Um, uh, some some aren't going to be helpful. They're not going to meet you halfway. They have this notion that still, all you do is stats. You don't do anything else other than stats and take yeah. photos. You're the photo guy. Uh, one of my great friends, uh, Billy Vandermeer, who uh, is sitting me at, uh, next to me at that scores table on a picture on my wall there, um, and Billy um, first met me. The OC came down to our office, and he goes, hey, you need to know these people. Do you know that guy down there? And he goes, yeah, he's the guy that goes on trips. So I, I, I went from the guy that goes on trips to being good friends with him, and now he's working at Western Michigan with Tim Lester. So I think that having that comfort level with your with the staff, um, I'm not above. Uh, you know, we got I'm next to a couple track coaches and cross-country coaches, and I'll go and talk with them just about uh, – you know, weekly, and I'll pop into everybody's office. You know, it's like, hey, I know we lost, but how do we play? You know, who? You know, are you are you healthy? You know, uh, is that going to hurt you? Yeah. Who's going to fill that gap? So that kind of takes some of the bricks off the wall and makes you show. Um, I run I run on our our Twitter handle, um, KWC Golf or Panther Golf. Um, you know, I try to wish the teams luck or congratulate them on a win, um, and. It's little stuff like that that helps kind of, I, I think anyway, from my experience, helps kind of bridge some gaps. It's not something I'm doing because I'm looking for attention. It's because I want people here to be successful because if we work together, we're going to do great things. And I think if, if more athletic departments understood that if you get all these coaches on the same page and everybody in the department working together, a lot of good things will happen. Uh, it's a lot easier to engage the entire community in, instead of your go-to subsets uh, to get things done, uh, to get to either get money raised, to get to get media attention, and to get uh, to get promotion and things of, of events out there. And it, it, it's just more. It's helpful to have everybody on that buy-in stage. Now, some people are gonna. This is I'm gonna do this. This is my stuff. Don't you interfere with this. Uh-huh. I'm busy, um, but. I, they know I'm around. I mean, you're you're sitting in my office. You see a Nerf gun there. It is used. Um, I mean, it was it was at St. Joe. It's still used here. Uh-huh. So I mean, I, I'm not. We do. I try to have a little bit of fun at the office uh, and not try to take it too seriously. And the best thing I heard in my life um, so far um, was uh, two years ago. I'm working the College World Series in Omaha. J.D. Hamilton says. Um, we do a serious job, but we don't take ourselves seriously. And that's the best thing I can tell anybody. Don't take yourself seriously. You do a, you take your work seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Um, fun fact, when I worked at the news station in Madison for a year, same Nerf gun I had in the office. Nice. In my little 
office corner there at the sports director. So uh, you kind of mentioned that there, and I did want to talk about it. How did you get to work in the College World Series? And I got one more story about UC Santa Barbara. Up there. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, this was, you're looking at my plaque here and my credential. Um, when I first started, J.D. Hamilton handled D2 football stats. And um, I think he was involved as the secondary in D2 basketball. And I just knew him through email. I'm working, I've still, I, I still kept up with Maryville High School, and it was around 2009, 10, somewhere around that area, that uh, Maryville makes this girls' state finals. I'm keeping the scorebook for them. I'm in Memorial Coliseum, and I'm keeping the book next to our bench, and I look over, and there's two guys keeping stats, and I'm like, is that stat crew? Uh-huh. Obviously, stat crew is now a noun and a verb and an adjective <laughs> now that you're a sports information director. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I say, well, I work with that. And then all of a sudden it was you put a face to a name, and that's J.D. and that's Jeff Williams with the NCAA. <clears throat> and we talk, and, and J.D. Um, was the media coordinator for um, College World Series. Now J.D. handles the ESPNU game on Saturdays uh, for football. He's the Final Four guy, and he is the college baseball guy. So at that meeting and that encounter years ago, I said that was always kind of like a dream thing to get my dad to take him out there and, and watch some games. And he's like, well, just, hey, let me know if you want to bring your dad out. Uh, and I never took him up on it because I felt kind of weird about it. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you get to know J.D. over the years, and he is the most helpful, nicest human being, generous person you could ever find. And he... Um, I just asked him, Nick Kedzik and I uh, were going to be in Dallas for the convention a couple years ago. Uh And uh, I'm like, hey, any chance we could come over, come up and and work um, for a while? And he's like, sure. So he just like, I'll need your shirt size and a picture. And then he gave us instructions later. We arrive the night before um, the things get started, the practice day. Uh, and I spent the first week there, and I had to get back to NCAA headquarters for a meeting. Um, but I would really enjoy to spend maybe a, a two weeks there to kind of see um, to kind of see the whole thing through. I mean, it's it's a great life. I'm JD. I was I don't know if I was I felt like I was one of the older people in that crew and right, me, yeah. media coordination. Um, and JD's like, hey, you doing all right? And you know, it's ninety degree heat. You're inside. You're outside. And I go, you know, I'm great. I kind of <laughs> like not being in charge. If there's a problem, go see Jeff. Go see JD. You know, and and they'll handle it. But it's like there wasn't any problems. It was I got to do a variety of different jobs there, um, and it was it was a fantastic uh, you know week and great hospitality. It was awesome. If if anybody needs that experience in their life, tra- track down JD Hamilton. And, and uh, and give it a shot, but you got to commit. You know, give yeah. yourself a commitment. I think that goes yeah. on for about. I think it's going on still right now, um, but it, it is a long event, and I just admire the stamina of those people. That day in and day out, they are sitting there doing the same job and doing it at such a high level. That was a year close to Car- Car- Carolina. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have a little bit of a twang sometimes. That was a year close to Carolina one, right? Correct. Okay, so. Louisville, Super Regional, UC Santa Barbara is in town. Of course, I'm from Madison. Mm-hmm. I've been a Louisville fan for a while. And uh, bottom of the ninth, Louisville's up by three. Mm-hmm. So, uh, actually, yeah, bottom of the ninth, Louisville's up by three. 
Pinch hitter comes up, backup catcher. Bases loaded, and I'm thinking in the back of my head, oh my god, this guy's gonna hit a grand slam. <laughs> and what do you know? He hits a grand slam. And I have never been more speechless in my life than that one time UC Santa Barbara made the College World Series. And that was also one of the most frustrating times, mm -hmm. in addition to the FBI investigation of being a Louisville fan. Mm -hmm. So, uh, anyway, is it, because I've talked to several people, you know, and people, people might offer, uh, you know, come on up, I'll get you tickets to see a game. Is that, is that weird to take up people's offers? Does it, I mean, because you said it kind of felt weird. It feels weird to me. Yeah, it, it, it does. Um, you know, I, I, th I think it, it got, a it didn't feel as weird because I would bump into JD. Um, he was still inputting games at the University of Indianapolis, and I would always make time to try and talk to him. Um, and, and venture out and either either touch keep keep in touch with him or see him at a convention or something like that. He doesn't get to go to the convention um, very much anymore because he's in Omaha um, for for that entire time. Um, so it, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't over overstay that welcome. Yeah. I, if if it's something that you know you can utilize once in a great while, then I think it's something you do. Um, and if it's in this case that you're going to be put to work, it's it's like hey, let make sure you do a good job and you're not out there to, you know, stay up all night and and really get the atmosphere, uh -huh. if you know what I mean, yeah. uh, of the city. <laughs> so, I mean, like the best thing about that is, I mean, hey, we we stayed across the street, so we we walk corner to corner basically out of the hotel, and then uh, half a block later we're in the side entrance of of TD Ameritrade. So it was like the car stayed in park for a week. Uh, in the hotel parking lot, and it was, and that was your day. You had to get first games at two o'clock. You know, I'm used to getting up at seven in the morning, getting because wow. that's the only time I can get my workout in. And then, but I mean, two o'clock. I mean, I walked to Iowa one morning. It's not that far in Omaha. Uh -huh. it's, just, yeah. it's, it's not that far. <laughs> but I mean, it's like I just walked over the bridge. There's the line. I walked into Iowa, and then I came back to the hotel. So I mean, it's it. It, th those days are awesome, but yeah. I wouldn't overstay overstay that welcome. It, I, th I think you have to maybe get to know said person uh -huh. a little bit better before you kind of um, really take advantage of those. Uh, going back to St. Joe, um, and if people aren't familiar, St. Joe did have to close. So one th one step at a time here, Ken, about talking while well, you still can talk about St. Mm -hmm. Joe. So. Um, did you guys was it seen? Did you see it coming, or was it kind of rumored, or did, was this like completely out of the blue of it closing? Uh, for us, it I think it was it was it was sought coming um, by a very select group of people. Um, for everybody, the students and 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 faculty and staff alike, we were all read in at the same time. So we had no idea that stuff was coming down the line. At the very worst, you know, you kind of, it's one of those bumps in the road type of thing where um, at the very worst I could have, when the president came out and said, hey, we're in dire straits here and we need excess amount of money, he sends a letter out to, you know, faculty and, and staff and, and alums and students and, and, and anybody in the database for that matter. Um, you you figure like oh the, in my mind all right the worst possible announcement coming out I just bought a house by the way I closed on a house a month earlier um, the worst possible announcement that's going to be happening is going to be hey we have two years left 
and if we need to continue down this track, we're going to cease operations in two years. I don't think anybody other than this small group of people um, knew that it was going to be, hey, we're and it's not technically closed, but we're going to say it's closed. It's suspended operations. There's only about um, 15 employees working there right now, um, mostly on the grounds. Um, but, yeah, completely um, shocked, you know, that... You have good, smart, educated people and the the alumni base that truly does care. That kind of what sets places like St. Joe apart was the, what made St. Joe was the people and they made a conscious decision to eliminate the people from the equation. Um, because you can you can go through the, a long line of, of different stories that it's just kind of, it, it hurts you in the gut because, oh, they've given their life or they were going to give their lives to St. Joe and then the people that have graduated that still come back and support and were I mean my scorebook guy, forty nine years at the table in basketball. Forty nine years. He started as a student. Um and no signs of slowing down. He was still really good at his job, understood the new rule changes, adapted and, you know, hey, it would've been nice to give him fifty, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Nice big round number, but yeah, completely shocked uh a great number of people that whole uh, that whole announcement um and believe it or not i believe they hired a pr firm to help handle that message the dissemination of that message so as a communications professional you can understand my frustration when it's like uh oh, hey we're done yeah you know yeah type of thing cuz i don't they don't really teach you that in communications school do they no no they do not <laughs> definitely do not so what was the uh, the student body's reaction I, I, like i said we kind of mm-hmm. talked over lunch that I visited St. Joe. I knew some people at St. Joe, and I saw their reactions on Twitter. I mean, what was you were there? So, what was the student body's reaction? Maybe some of your players' reactions. Well, like? it was uh, some very angry, some absolutely heartbroken. Um, I mean, I had I had one junior on the team, and it was I thought that they had to get the junior class to graduation and basically keep the school open with a um, skeleton type faculty yeah. um, to get that junior class through um, but that wasn't the case um, I sat down with my players uh, at practice um, in the following days and just said I think we just need to talk a little bit and uh, we chatted about you know directions and paths and and that message um, became um, it's all about how you exit um, it's all about how you conduct yourself like we can we can be really sour about this we can vandalize we can break stuff because oh we can steal stuff because hey it's it's not coming back you know place is closing or you can handle yourself with some class um and keep your heads up high be proud of what you have been able to accomplish here um and and that's that's hopefully the message a lot of kids took um especially as long as their coaches were still on campus because the coaches some have found other jobs or were interviewing for other jobs and obviously you can't hold stuff over a kid um in terms because they're not playing for you anymore mm-hmm. and it's just you hope they kind of do the right thing um and i think that goes uh, uh, maybe a little bit of ways uh, for other certain cases that maybe the southern indianas of the world might be a little close to um, it's all about how you exit somewhere instead of trying to show up um, something uh, and teach your kids a bad lesson. Like it's okay to because hey we we're in the right here because we can make a big stink about stuff and not not hold ourselves accountable. 
I think that sends a very poor message across um, the league and your institution if you're going to have coaches that are going to continue to do that and are going to do stuff until they're told to stop. Um, I think that's that's very poor in my mind anyway. But that that I got a little sidetracked there on oh, that you're one. Good, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like you said, you just you just bought a house. Mm-hmm. You know, you get this letter, and it says you know we're closing. You're basically out of job. Your very first, I mean, what was your first thought? Like, what was the first thing you thought of? Like, this needs to be done. I have to do this. Or did you just kind of, like, let it sink in? I mean, what was the next couple of days like when you thought about your future? Um, well, yeah. Um, I had I had a house. I hadn't even, like, moved into it. Um, I was buying furniture um, <laughs> for it. Um, that slowed down a little bit. Um, but... Um, it, it went my 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 attention went to the kids and finding trying to get them places um, that they were going to be comfortable with. Now some of them, you know, uh, had found good opportunities, found uh, good avenues. Um, I wasn't really concerned about myself. Um, I figured that I would be okay. I knew that the my job openings in terms of my career, if I'm going to stay in this career. I mean, I was nine years deep. I didn't really feel like changing careers at that time. Yeah. I think I, I, I had some to give, um, especially in coaching and in communications. Um, so you know, find them places um, or get them in contact with people, send recommendations out, talk to coaches on their behalf, um, and kind of get that done before I really worried about myself. And then um, opportunity comes along like this one um, that um, – Tim Lester t- uh, told me this that uh, while well, I was a, a senior at St. Joe, and he goes, "You always want a place that wants you," and you really, I really got that from from Wesley and and, and here. Um, but yeah, this is uh, it, it. It was that kind of frustrating moment of you're in shock for a while, and you're and you can get angry. Um, I was at that point. I was trying to think through what had to be done because we didn't know when our last day was going to be right um because we had an open forum to kind of clear this up like the next week um and the chairman of the board came in and uh, just kept saying i don't know uh answer ask him a question i I don't know exactly so it's like we didn't know when our last day would be so it was what do i do with the records what do i do with the history who do i send it to um i I, you know, sent it to the library, sent it to the GLVC, um, so they have copies of it all, mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure my computers that I turned in at St. Joe were probably sold already, uh, and probably white clean. So, um, hopefully that that record maintains, that history maintains, um, in the event that they ever try to open the doors again in some capacity, which I don't think athletics will ever be a part of the future, the immediate future anyway. So we kind of talked a little bit about it at lunch, but I want you to go ahead and kind of detail again how you got this job here at Kentucky mm-hmm. Wesleyan. And did you, were you just looking to be a golf coach here? Were you looking to get back into the SID profession? I mean, what was your life like at that time? Uh, well, my life was kind of up in the air because um, it's the first time in my life I had a mortgage. Um, <laughs> so uh, I remember getting an email a few days later from Rob Mallory here at Wesleyan. Um, and I don't know if he was the first, but the message in the email was um, the most sincere in my mind. 
Um, he basically described there's no really no good time to talk about this. Um, I just, whenever you feel like you're ready to talk about something, I may have an opportunity that uh, that fits your skill set. Um, I got other phone calls, and uh, they were great. I got other emails um, from, from other places, um, but they didn't stick out like that one. Uh-huh. Um, and what eventually came down the line a couple weeks later after that email and a couple phone conversation is they were moving the golf coaching position to full-time. Um, and the current assistant here at Wesleyan and Communications was leaving to take another job or be a GA or something to that effect um, and leaving Liz to kind of handle um, all all things. So obviously I have a very specific skill set uh-huh. um, and Liz is, uh, Liz is, uh, this is her first um, head department head type of position and she is uh, phenomenal and growing in it but like this is a perfect example she's never done fall sports because she started in December so it's you know we've been uh, teaching her um, you know inputting for volleyball and soccer which she picks up real quick football real quick um, and I'm I'm just here as a resource to kind of help her out um, but the appealing part was at St. Joe what took up most of my time was coaching golf so you could say that took up 75, 60% of my time, uh-huh. but I was paid um, like 4% of that. Here, my primary responsibility is, is the golf. 75% of my time in, in compensation is for golf, and then the other 25% is for communications. And uh, it's it's been a... I was working for this at St. Joe, trying to set the same thing up at St. Joe for myself because I was getting tired at the end sooner tired you always get tired in this job yeah (laughs) it's just a matter when it happens I was starting to get tired earlier in the spring than I remembered um that part of his age um and and the amount of new stuff that has come along the lines in the last nine years or so so I was trying to get that set up for myself here or at there but this was this is an absolute ideal um, situation for me and there were other ones very similar to that like hey we have a part-time golf coach uh, or an assistant golf coach over here it's part-time though but if this part-time person would happen to know anything say about sports information the job's full-time so I mean I, I got those things as well uh-huh. um, but this one um, stood out um, I'm, it was the closest uh, to my dad's house up in northwest Indiana he's 75 so um, it, it's also a good benefit there too, and I have a boss that understands that and will accommodate my needs. Um, to, because I, I mean, I got back on Tuesday night. Wednesday I went back up. My dad's in Florida for the month. I checked on my house and and on his house, and then went to the crossover in Aurora. Um, so it was a good way to volunteer for the uh, crossover, but uh-huh. to, to let your have your boss let you go two days early to an event so you can check on a few things and, and make sure that everything's all right. It's it's a, it's a great situation to be in. Yeah, it's perfect because you didn't have to get rid of any of your purple stuff. Yeah, well, in a different <laughs> apparel provider. Um, I they like you can see my shoes there. They they still don't like that kind of checkmark looking oh, okay. logo yeah. on on their apparel. They'd rather have something with stripes on it. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, I I, ke- I kept the purple. Cardinals kind of out now, so uh-huh, yeah. I. I have to pick and choose when I wear my cardinal ties to the office, um, but uh, I do have a plenty of purple ties. So yeah. So you talked a little bit of Cosida, and I saw you speak a little bit about um, 
time management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you kind of said, at St. Joe, 60 to 75% of your time is taken up doing golf stuff, and, and then you also have SID stuff, which you had. And I'm looking at your calendar right there, but I mean, you still got to go to the, you still have to go to some golf matches, but at the same time, there's pretty much something on it every single day. So for somebody out there, just mm-hmm. real quick, that maybe looking for a little bit more time management or maybe should just be, you know, hint, hint, you should just do it. But mm-hmm. what are some bare bones, basic things that people can do to kind of keep themselves sane? Well, what helps me is uh, this: you have to understand yourself a little bit. Yeah. I eat stress. So uh, you can you can look on my wall of photos of me over the years, and you can see, you can see a heavier me and a thinner me over different courses of time, and that's just because of the different stress levels I may or may not have been under and how I've handled them. Um, but uh, if you can understand that, like I love to exercise in the morning. Now I I used to have access to the fitness center and weight room at St. Joe. Uh, here I, I I go for walks. Uh, across and I, I do uh, like the Nike training or the Nike Fit Club or Nike Training Club uh, app on my phone. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 15 minutes. You can, well, some, some workouts are 15 minutes, some are 45 to an hour. But um, I just want something to kind of get my heart rate going to make me feel good in the morning and it kind of burns off a little bit of stress that way. Um, but what's really been nice is like at, at St. Joe, what, the sanctuary was golf. It kind of you allowed me to decompress out of the office, um, and then when the season was over, it was like you're in the office longer. So at that point, it was I was going to um, a practice. I would go to baseball conditioning or basketball practice or something for a half hour because I'm used to leaving the office at that time anyway to go to the golf course or run practice. Right. It was like I'll just go see what baseball's up to, or I'll see what softball's doing, or you know who's in the track right now. Well, it's track and softball are both in the rec center so let's go see what they're up to but obviously yes I have a lot of things uh, down the pipeline um, so these coming weeks and um, it's just a matter of you got to know what's going on you got to you got to look ahead sometimes so you can think backwards on how you're gonna get ready we uh, Liz and I had a conversation just the other day about uh, November 11th we have women's basketball at 11 volleyball at 1 football at 1 obviously there's three events and there's two of us, uh-huh. so we're, we were we were figuring out a plan on how to how to get that all done. But once you, you you worry about it right there, you get it you get it pretty much locked in, or you set the groundwork to execute that plan, and it's done. Um, and time management skills is yeah, one know yourself, mm-hmm. how you're going to handle different levels of stress. Uh, something I learned in the futures tour days from uh, from Jan, who previously owned the tour um, prior to her becoming a rules official. She would say, um, save your steps, and if you can do it today, do it today. goes kind of the Lupinella theory. Um, try and win today. It may rain tomorrow. Oh, so, yeah, like, yeah, burn, yeah. burn through your bullpen. Try and, try and get that W because it could rain tomorrow. You know, it's like you never know what's going to come down the line or what's going to plop on your desk. Or, you know, it's always great. And when you work in college athletics and you see you know, a, a sheriff or a police officer walk into the office... <laughs> I need to speak with you. You know, you don't know necessarily what those meetings are going to be like. Sometimes they're great. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's, well, no. you got you got a situation yeah. here. <laughs> All righty. Well, yeah. we'll kind of handle it. Uh, or thank you for bringing it to our attention. Or what do you need us to do? Or how uh-huh. do you, you know type of thing. So you never know what's going to come down the line. So you you got to prepare yourself that day. So 
you know, hey, the season preview might not be coming out till next week. But if you got, hey, I got, I got an hour. I'm just shooting Nerf guns around here. Um, <laughs> that's only going to occupy me for 15 minutes, uh-huh. maybe 20. It depends how how good the battle is and if we run out of bullets or not. But then, uh, then it's like, hey, let's get. I'll just get this done and and have it on the back end and and have it predated. But yeah, it's to 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 make time for yourself. I mean, you were with me. You didn't get the full treatment today cuz normally it's it's at least an hour lunch. Oh me. yeah. It's at least an I hour I heard lunch. you. Yeah. I was yeah. like that's one of my done. big things. It's like I said, it's one of the most important things I think. It, it's one been one of the most important things in my career. Um and I hopefully a lot of other people is just being visual on campus and I think eating lunch is a perfect way to be visual on campus and um I can relax. I can see uh the different student athletes in there like our quarterback, you know, um really likes pancake day and he sometimes we kind of keep track of how many visits he walks up there and gets gets pancakes and you know i talk to him what's his go-to you know he, he likes chocolate chip but reese's peanut butter cups is is you know right up there so i mean i don't know you you're, you're probably a chocolate chip guy yourself so yeah i got the chocolate yeah, chips so. i thought about the reese's Pe- i've never had that before it, it, don't don't sleep on it i'm telling okay. you i'm telling right. you right now if you okay. ever get an opportunity just throw those in some some pancake batter and, and and make that up for yourself. It's easier when somebody else makes it for you, uh-huh. but obviously um, you you can probably do a decent enough job with supervision. Well, super, I'm going to need supervision. <laughs> There's some stories where I need supervision just handling a pot of water. Okay. Anyway, but um, just real quick, and then we got to move on. What's it like? And we talked again a little bit earlier about this, but having Liz, um, you've been doing this for a while, but Liz. You know, she's been doing this for a short amount of time. Like I said, she's 24. So do you have to do as much mentoring? I mean, does she ask you to do something like that? I mean, how? What? what's your guys' relationship like? We, we meet every week. Um, and, you know, some people like to assign sports. And she kind of came in with that at the beginning of the year when I was first here in the summer. And I was like, you know, that's going to be a little bit tough if you just assign sports. Because, as you can see, like, hey, we're traveling back on a Tuesday and we got a volleyball game. So you may have to cover that one yourself. Um, I may do the other, you know, ninety percent of the volleyball matches, but you're going to at least need to know that skill. Uh, and that's something at St. Joe, when I started, it was do everything. You're you're afforded that ability to screw up, and that's the way you, the best way you learn. I'm sure you, you're young in this business. You've probably screwed up, and you probably don't make those mistakes anymore. Nope. No. See, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the best. It's the best way to learn. Uh, especially when you have an environment where it allows you to make mistakes and learn and get better. Um, so, our, like I said, we meet every week and we discuss what's coming up for the week. Like uh, this week, she's uh, on the road with soccer. Um, our soccer teams are, are both uh, in the um, are going to be in the same spot as our football team is. So she's gonna she's gonna handle she's gonna see three contests or five men's and women's soccer and football in one weekend trip. So. Um, she kind of likes that dynamic. I, th- I hope so. Anyway, um, she doesn't ask me to do too much. Um, I usually go in and say, do you want me to handle this? Yeah. Or sometimes she'll say, I have to do this and this and this. I'm like, well, I can do this. Send me the schedule. I'll put it online. Or send me the roster. I'll start updating it. Um, so she can focus on the weekly stuff like game notes and rosters and uh-huh. and things like that. So it's... It's it's a pretty good dynamic. We work in tandem um, to try and alleviate stress for each other. So I, I 
I enjoy it. Like I said, if I had to set up at St. Joe and St. Joe was still open, I probably would have never left, no matter what, no what is getting paid. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's been a good dynamic. Um, I enjoy it because if you think about it, I've had uh, I've had an army of student workers over the last um, nine years at St. Joe, and I think I can't give you an exact number, but I think it was close to fifty fifty student workers in that time um, time frame. 50 different kids and I still have great relationships with or still talk to uh, over 40 of them uh-huh. uh, regularly um, and you know we're all we all keep in touch and things like that but to kind of have that kind of connection with everybody is is really special so I taught them how to do things um, and how to kind of take um, at the initiative uh, we talk, I talk about it. I don't know if people really appreciate me talking about it, but the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Okay, a growth mind, or fixed mindset is, is simpler to understand. It's People think I'm smart, so I'm going to take easy classes so I get good grades and people continue to think I'm smart. Yeah. The growth mindset is I'm going to take tough professors because I'm going to learn more by failing or making mistakes uh-huh. than I am by taking these easier courses to get good grades. So you want to have this growth mindset of like, oh, hey, I just have to do this at a soccer game. Well, no, you have to know how everything works so in case you have to troubleshoot. And that's the thing. Like when you divide sports up, you're not getting that experience or as much experience involved with that sport. So something comes up, you're you're available to troubleshoot. Um, And so it's very simply like Liz talks to me like, Kenny, we had a block punt. I'm sitting in the press box. I just finished soccer. I just I'm up there writing the the post game from soccer, and I said, "Oh, this is easy, Liz. All you got to do," and I talk her through it. Just so you have it's it's easy for me to just say, "Here, I'll do it," and go and uh-huh. stand in front of the keyboard and do it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like, hey, you got to understand how to do all this stuff as well. So I want to transition this part of the interview to where I like to ask some fun questions. Okay. Um, favorite memory in your professional tenure. In in coaching or in sports information? It can be your pick, big guy. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot. Um, I'm looking at a couple um, <laughs> on my wall. Um, as you can you can see, uh, as an undergrad, um, I'm sitting at the Joyce Center in Notre Dame um, with uh, with my buddies, my radio crew, and the sideline reporter. Um, uh, we lost to Notre Dame that day, um, and I asked a really dumb question to Mike Bray um, to start the, the evening off. Um, um, so that was a great, great memory. Um, one of, one of the best was here in Owensboro in 2010 when we came in as the eight seed and defeat Kentucky Wesleyan in the first round and end up winning the regional, uh-huh. um, the men's basketball regional in front of some professional fans here at Wesleyan. Um, and it, that, that team had no business getting in the tournament. Be, but they got in because uh, that was the year Southern Indiana was facing their postseason ban. Right. Yep. So we were the eight seed. Southern Indiana won like twenty five games that year. Obviously, we weren't gonna gonna be the eight seed if they were tournament eligible. So a lot of things happened that year. I can I can recount. Uh, you know, Phil Collins uh, hit the game winner in all three games. We played four overtime games. We we had one kid who scored. Um, 43 points in the regular season. He scored 30 total points in the regional in over three games. Um, so obviously, like he, having him, you know, drain some threes. We had one kid in the championship score 45 points after halftime. 
Oh, that's, wow. Okay. That's after halftime and the three overtimes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the stuff, that was that was a great one. And then, uh, you know, our old friend uh, at St. Joe, Frank Wilkins, uh, winning a, su- a Super Regional at Northern Kentucky. That was that was a great experience. Uh, I'm looking at another picture when I took my team to, to Puerto Rico and what an a important uh, experience that was. Um, to to share with them and to give them that student athlete experience and we were there 18 hours I got my money's worth but we ended up staying for a couple more days to to play golf and compete so it was there there's a lot of giving in this profession uh-huh. and you just have to kind of be able to recognize the different aspects and I, you saw me grab for it earlier but here is here is a bottle of uh, sparkling um, cider apple cider. Um, this was in the trunk of one of my current players' cars. Uh-huh. So we won a tournament. Uh, it's the first one in my career, first uh, up at uh, Otter Creek uh, in Columbus, Indiana. And uh, I get back in the parking lot, and that this is this is my post game shower. <laughs> so I mean, that's something um, that that I'm never going to forget. And then a couple weeks later, I have a kid win a tournament. First time I've had an individual win a tournament. Uh, in a playoff, first time I ever ever had a coach in a playoff. Um, so I mean, th- th- there's there's giving up and down. Um, at St. Joe, the 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 atmosphere the baseball team created and being that family, and having especially with the head coach Rick Odette and having everybody be a part uh-huh. of something. You were all always felt like you were meaningful to to anything going on. Um, and the inclusion that he provided and set the tone for, and he also kind of set that tone for the staff at St. Joe, um, was was something that uh, hopefully I can continue to carry out and take with me, take that kind of um, lifestyle with me down the road. But yes, I, I could sit here and talk a long time. Um, you know, Billy Vandermeer, who I mentioned earlier, threw nine touchdowns in a game tied to Division II record. Uh-huh. Uh, against William Jewell, uh, I mean the the stuff like that, and then he I called him on the phone. He didn't know he set a record. He's like, I, he goes, I swear we ran one or two of those in. <laughs> it's like, no, they were all passing, Billy, all passing. So um, we talked about some of your favorite memories. What about mm-hmm. on the other side of the coin? What about some uh, horror stories that you've had? Uh, first game at St. Joe, fo- first football game. It's the uh, opening day uh, for home opener. And homecoming. We had three home games. We were an independent or somewhat where our conference was only five teams or six teams, so we had five conference games. So we had three home games. Uh, IT did not switch over the laptop to my username and password. Um, So in the first quarter of the football game, um, the um, stat crew shuts down completely. So we keep the rest of the game on paper, and afterwards I go into my office and uh, and spend about an hour and a half putting that. I I went in at halftime to try and put some plays in in my office computer, and I looked at my car sitting out the window in my office. And I'm like, I could just get in that thing right now and be done <laughs> be done with this. Uh, but uh, that was that was one of one of the worst. Um, but it, obviously, you learn and get better, and you figure out how things work. Um, you know, I try to forget a lot of the bad memories. <laughs> um, you know, it's and I, I remember calling Ray Simmons one day. Uh, we had a we had a kid uh, commit suicide, and a student athlete. And I remember calling Ray uh, to kind of get his advice on how to handle the whole situation because St. Joe didn't have a crisis manual. Yeah. Um, 
and that those those days in the winter time um that week week and a half was your focus is all on doing the right thing and not trying to overstep anything and protect the family and and uh, it was great in the sense that Ray was was so helpful and understanding with his time to help me get through that and then um, it's also terrible that you ever have to go through something right, like yeah. that. That's one of the worst things ever. And then, obviously, my my uh, on February third, two thousand and seventeen, the day they announced the the closing of of the institution or the temporary suspension of operations. Yeah, two things that somebody, unfortunately, they happen, but mm -hmm. never should have to go through. But yeah, um, what's one piece of advice you give to a student or tech? a young professional going into this profession? Well, I told you earlier, it's it's never be afraid to go talk to your boss yeah. uh, about anything, maybe not necessarily work-related, uh, but maybe ask them questions about what they're doing. Right. It kind of it goes a long way in showing interest and, and, and being visual. Um, and, like, I, having lunch in the cafeteria has so many benefits. Um, it opens doors. Like, I can talk to the athletes. I can see them. Some of them work for us. Um, you know, student workers are involved with uh, with the, with the network, the sports and the digital streaming network. Um, but I mean, the best advice I can give anybody is is to make mistakes. Just make them. If this is the only way you're going to learn. You can't be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, as my old boss said, I only know one person that was perfect, and he died at on a cross at 33. Um, but uh, it, if you if you can make mistakes and be comfortable with yourself, yeah. Some people don't necessarily like the perception it brings when you make mistakes. People, you're more worried about what I think of you right, yeah. than what you're doing. Yeah. It's like you shouldn't care what I think of you if, if I think you're an idiot or unprofessional <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It's like you should more worry about, all right, I did this. You know, We made a mistake. How do we learn? How do we get better? Those are two things. I, I coach like that too. You know, you learn to get better. Don't try not to make the same mistake over and over again. Okay. All right. So, uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Uh, Photoshop. <laughs> um, <laughs> that seems to be the consensus. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where the direction is going now. Um, yeah. uh, it, it, it feels like I don't know if you've, you're going to experience this down the road, but your listeners will understand. Um, it feels like the institution has a embargo on Photoshop licensing um, in order to put those on the computers. Yeah. So it's very tough to get that experience on your own computer when you, there's only one in the department that has Photoshop and they're using that computer. Um, that's one of the big things. And the other one is, is uh, streaming. I think I could have a lot of fun with streaming. Mm -hmm. I think I could I could really ingrain myself with, with you know digital networks and and, and broadcasting events and, and things like that. Um, and I'd like to learn more about it. Um, I'd still do some work with it, um, but it's, it's occupational hazards. I, you know, I have to continue to do this and then dabble in it uh, as we see fit. Like one of the best times at St. Joe is I, I streamed graduation for the first time at St. Joe last year, the last uh, graduation. And it was to, to spend two hours in the field house putting on that production um, was was awesome. Um, and, it's, and you kind of look at, you watch it now, and you're like, well, I would have done this, or yeah. I, I, I would have done exactly that, or, 
you know, how can we make this better? I think we, we as professionals um, don't necessarily like change. <laughs> we don't like the new stuff and the new direction we have to go because it's all pushed on us. Uh-huh. I think the, the proper way to approach that stuff is to, all right, this is what you like Louisville. This is what Mr. Klein at Louisville does. How can we take part of that or that and apply it here at Wesleyan or at Southern Indiana and, and wherever it's at? And what can we do and with minimal effort and but be efficient with it and still provide that coverage and promotion and things like that instead of saying, nope, it's not going to work, it's awful, no, this is going to take too much time, you know, we're, we can't do it. Don't discredit something at face value. Yeah. Actually look into it, evaluate it, See if there is any spec that you can take and apply to your institution to make your department better. Okay. All right. Awesome. So we talked about a little bit earlier, but I don't know, you mentioned a few things that, that you do. Uh, work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? Something that you haven't mentioned yet. Family guy. Yeah. Family guy. Cartoon Network uh, in the evenings is a good way for me to decompress. Um, I really enjoy uh, the uh, growing up in the 80s and all the 80s references yeah. uh, is fantastic for me. You don't have to think about it. Um, we all need ways to kind of decompress. I watch a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, I, I usually watch them a year later because I usually when they come back on Netflix or Amazon, I can, uh-huh. I'll start watching them. I don't get to go out to a lot of movies because we're working. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which which is fine. Uh, you save a little bit of money that way. You just have to kind of wait. Um, I do like to play golf. I haven't played in a long time with this transition. Um, I play more happy golf now where I want to play fast, tell stories, and laugh. Uh-huh. Those are the three objectives, and you keep score by how many balls you find or lose. That's how. That's that's the only thing we, we I, I kind of do now in, in the state of my game. But uh, it's it's all about that. that uh, you're right. You need to have fun. Um, I, I'm kind of a boring person in that sense. Uh, I'm very simplistic, where I just kind of want to. Re- just me on vacation is like me sitting at home in the evening. It's, uh-huh. I don't want to do it too much. Uh-huh. I don't want to exert minimal effort. I want to really enjoy my time that I have, and and I don't need to travel. I don't need to see sights. Um, it's don't get me wrong. It'd be great to do. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. But it's like you run around all year. I just kind of want to take a back seat for a little bit and minimize my hours, maybe go to the golf course, hit a few balls at the range, do a little practicing, and, and kind of have that time where you can just be by yourself. Yeah. But that's why Family Guy is awesome. I'm about the same way. I don't really like weekday traveling a whole lot. And then just... You, do you like Family Guy at all? I do like it, yeah. How often do you watch it? Not very often. I think you need to watch it. <laughs> I was going to make a reference about not liking change, which you already made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, next time someone's in Owensboro, what's your restaurant and bar recommendation? Well, I knew that question was coming, and I've I've been the dr- cafeteria. Yeah, I, I told the convenience of the cafeteria is awesome. We went over that earlier. Yeah. Um, the place that has now there's there's two barbecue places in town. Okay. I've been to one. Okay. Um, the evaluation is you go to Moonlight Barbecue has the best sides. The best barbecue is at Old Hickory, but the okay. sides are, n- are not up to the same standard as, as, as Moonlight. Okay. So that's hedging. Uh, what I have found here, uh, I, we, we already established you like pancakes. Dee's Diner down, I think it's on 4th Street, 
uh, on the east end of town, open till like in the afternoon, breakfast and lunch. Pancakes come and you get one pancake for like four bucks. It comes uh, in the size of a pizza box. Oh, okay. That's so fine. That is that that it, a greasy spoon diner breakfast place. Good place. Um, I I'm, I'm not a big commercial guy. Um, okay. I you know I I have more commercial opportunities here than I did in Rensselaer, Indiana. <laughs> but uh, yeah. when I go on the road, especially with my teams, it was always like, hey, let's go to let's find a place um, that we can't go to in Rensselaer, which was pretty easy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult here <laughs> in Owensboro. But uh, I would recommend D's Diner um, for for kind of that greasy spoon breakfast, quick lunch type place, um, and. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, downtown. Um, I've gone to Colby's a few times, okay. and I've enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't sampled a lot on their menu, but uh, I have, the few visits I've had, I've rather enjoyed. But but Moonlight, I've been to quite a bit, and rather enjoy okay. eating at Moonlight Barbecue. Yeah. So, if anybody wanted to follow up with you, get in touch with you after this, I mean, what's what would be the best way to do it? Um, I encourage that. Uh, I am always going to make time, um, especially for people that want to learn the profession. I feel that is our um, responsibility as professionals. To it's the same thing as a coach. Uh, you get a young person just because they graduate doesn't mean you stop caring for them. Yeah. It's like if I can provide a letter, if I can make a phone call, if I can do anything in your life, can I get you in contact with somebody? Um, then then do that. So um, obviously, there's my bio online. Um, I am on I'm on Twitter. Um, I make my sarcastic remarks. Um, usually, I post those. Um, only a few people are fluent in sarcasm, so they don't always get the the depth of those. Yeah. But, um, I am on Instagram too. I love posting uh, pictures um, of of uh, of my like champagne shower, my apple cider champagne, whatever sparkling apple cider shower on on Instagram. Um, I am social media active, um, so it's. And my phone number, my phone phone line, and and obviously my landline and my cell phone. I text. I'm I'm that sophisticated. I even Snapchat as well. Wow. So I mean, I. You probably more than me. I hate uh, Snapchat. I don't like Snapchat. I, I I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, it, it I don't know its purpose. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do I do? Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I think it was invented by college kids that want to show how cool they are and, uh-huh. and how much you know alcohol they can drink in one night, um, which for me that's not entertainment value. Um, so uh, I use it for for different purposes. It's it's kind of it's kind of necessary when you're like when you're shopping or something like that. Hey. Do you want this? Yeah, is this the right yeah, thing? That's yeah. what I have to do yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that has yeah. has merit. Um, now, I will tell you, if, if during every, every fall, when we run qualifying for Puma Golf, now Kentucky Wesleyan Panther Golf, I do broadcast via my Instagram story. Now it was Snapchat, but now it's Instagram story because yeah. I think I get more. Get, the ratings are higher on the Instagram story. I've noticed. So we can get higher sell values. Uh-huh. So I, I do broadcast and I have my snarky comments on my Instagram stories um, with uh, with different players. Um, and like we had summer summers my my top uh, women's golfer and you know it's like oh, summer's tee shot here on four. Summer Newsome. This uh, this shot is brought to you by K 
Games of Thrones, Winter is Coming. <laughs> you know, type of, type of, real soft voice, golf announcer voice. You yeah. know, get that stuff out there. and um, uh, That's how I kind of enjoy myself during qualifying rounds. So in the fall, be on the lookout for that. That's it's high-quality entertainment that basically amuses me, and that's all it needs to. Can you read my... If, if I ever get advertisers or promotions, can you read some spoof advertisements? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that came from uh, Brett Easley, who is the assistant AD at Missouri Western, and he works golf national championships with us. I've been on the national committee for five years. Uh, I, am, I am now a... I'm in basking in the glory of a past chairman uh-huh. on, uh, on, uh, on the NCAA National Committee. But Brett Easley would, would get on the radio. He was our starter, and he do, would do rules. And he would get on our channel and start. One, he would either give us like uh, um, the tournament update brought to you by whatever. And he would, he would like memorize the stores or, and the shops that we drove by on the way to the hotel or the yeah. site. <laughs> And it was like, oh, that's the place we had dinner the other yeah. night, or you know. And, and then he would, uh, you know, do a weather report, and the weather report was sponsored by somebody, and he would, and it was, it was, it provided the great entertainment because at national championships, we go, we have to be there at six thirty, and we're not going to leave there till probably about seven thirty, eight o'clock. So obviously, we lunch there. Um, we grab and grow breakfast, and then it's it's dinner, and then sleep, and then back at it again for five days. Yeah. So obviously th- there is some kind of um, monotony to it, but it, <laughs> he was fantastic with it. So I started doing it on my on my stuff. Um, I stole it from him, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. <laughs> and that's part of the job. I think uh, I think you have to steal what whatever you can yeah. in, in this profession, um, because uh, the first one through the wall is always the bloodiest. So if you can. You, know, you can minimize your scar tissue by by stealing from other people. Perfect, perfect. Well, Ken, thank you for coming on. Oh, absolutely, David. I wish you luck. Um, uh, what, what episode is this? Forty nine. Forty nine. Forty nine. How about that? Could you you, you imagine this thing was going to go forty nine episodes? No, I didn't. This will probably be your last one after <laughs> after with me because either people are going to say there's no topping this or this is awful. Well, I feel bad for the person I have scheduled next. Yeah. <laughs> So I've already recorded episode fifty. So well, I give I give that one a chance, but I don't know if you're going to compare two episodes. I maybe compare those two and see which ones you like better. Maybe a fan poll later. I just like keep releasing this episode every week. I, I see who figures it out. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, thank you again. Thanks for coming on. I know we tried to get this scheduled for weeks now, and eventually. Uh, I just had to wait until after the one-year anniversary week. So, um, yeah, again, thank you for being patient, and thank you for uh, taking me out to lunch. I really do appreciate oh, it. You're welcome. I, I, I'll spend uh, a couple dollars to get you pancakes any time, <laughs> David. That was so fun. You'll have to take me to pancakes in Evansville sometime. Oh, boy, what do we have? We have, we have uh, Denny's. I have, I I have Denny's Oh, here. you know what? There is, a, there is a pancake house that we've been wanting to go to for a while. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. I... I don't know. We'll yeah. talk about that later. Okay. Anyway, Good. all right, awesome. But You're scout um, it out for me. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll scout it out. We do. We do kind of like hole in the wall places once once every couple weeks. You know. Oh, I love just it. To, yeah, just to kind of like mm-hmm. get out. And we uh, found this like uh, the Franklin Street Pizza Factory. Okay. I found all of our coaching staff there last Friday night. <laughs> I was like, it was a good pizza. Yeah, it was good pizza. So um, that's something we like to do. I mm-hmm. think there's a pancake place there. But um, anyway. We gotta get going. It's been an hour and eight minutes. So, um, thank you all for uh, subscribing, downloading, 
uh, this podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If this is your first ever uh, experience with us, IDcast, we do, you know, one, welcome you, and two, encourage you to do two things. Uh, hit the subscribe button, as I said, or uh, leave a rating or review. I really, really do appreciate for those who have already done that um, in our average five-star rating over on iTunes. So um, any questions, anything, you can always follow us anytime at Sports Infocast uh, on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, and you can always email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Guys, next week we will have Katie Mucci from the Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference on right here on SIDcast. We hope to catch you all in the next episode.